All right, we're here with Lewis from Bear Creek Winery, and he's going to be telling us about the winery, which is something that's really unique up here to Alaska. So I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself and his winery. Uh, yeah, hi, uh, my name is Lewis Maller. I'm the current owner of the Bear Creek Winery, and we also have a secondary brand that we are bottling under called Glacier Bear. Um, my wife and I are the current owners, and we recently uh, took the winery over from her parents. So we're a family-run enterprise and uh, really enjoying what we do. How long has the winery been here? My in-laws started the winery in 2003, and for about 10 years before that, my father-in-law made wine as a hobby in his garage. And that's kind of where he got the experience and the idea for starting the winery, he was working in the oil fields up north and didn't want to be away as much. And so uh, they decided to just go for it and get a winery license, invest a bunch of money, and uh, see if they could make it. And uh, here we are today. So, uh, yeah, just for an example, they did, uh, they produced about 600 gallons of wine in their first year. And last year we made just under 20,000 gallons. So That's quite an increase. What type of wines do you uh, make up here? Right, so when my father-in-law started making wines, he was inspired by friends who would make wines from local fruits and berries, things they would grow in their garden, rhubarb, raspberry, black currants, uh, strawberries, gooseberries. So that's what he played around with at first. Uh, and then he'd get things from the store. He'd make kiwi wine. And then from there, kind of came at it backwards, did the fruit wine thing first, and then moved into making grape wine and would, would source grape juice. And so we've continued that same, you know, kind of place where he started. Our niche is making the fruit wines from local berries. We source things from all over the state. At this point, we've got a uh, network of people that we work with to get the berries and the rhubarb. And a Grisha Bear label is all about. It's a label that we started to highlight the Alaskan-grown berry wines. And then we do blends with grape wines as well. And so, yeah, we have a variety of things. And what challenges do you have being up here in the in Alaska compared to other wine makers down in the lower 48s? Sure, yeah. Well, if you want to do grape wines up here, then you're pretty hard up against it to begin with since they're very hard to grow outside and overwinter them. So from that standpoint, you're, you're most likely you're going to be doing something unconventional to unconventional to begin with. That's how we started with the fruit wine uh, kind of sector of the of the industry, and so we we use all the same equipment, but um, can't necessarily leverage all the same knowledge. It's been a lot of trial and error. The uh, the knowledge that we can get from talking with other grape wine producers is helpful, but it doesn't translate. And because we deal with so many different kinds of fruit, uh, about eight kinds, and then we also do grape wine. So you can, uh, in addition to that, we, we have those that we're, we've learned about. 
they all act a little differently during the fermentation process. And then we do blends and the reactions with each other can be pretty unique as well. So um, there's that challenge in addition to just the, the normal doing businesses in Alaska challenges, which is, you know, freight and getting, getting things here that we can use. And, uh, and sourcing berries is a big deal for us too, since they're, they're a lot of them are wild grown and they're from all over the state. Using the local berries, I assume uh community is a very big part of your all's business. Yeah. The summertime is actually really exciting, not just because we have so many visitors, but also because we see so many people coming into our facility and selling berries. We've got everything from kids coming in that are part of, you know, family groups basically picking in their backyard to people doing hide tunnels and farmer's market and they have a surplus. They bring in things that they aren't able to uh, retail at the market. Um, and then there's a few farmers that we work with as well that have more of a commercial style, larger scale thing going. Uh, but it really keeps us in close contact with what's going on uh, in Homer for sure. And uh, other, other communities in the state also. And it's pretty, pretty exciting part to, to see, to be part of. And is your, your guys' wine, is it throughout the whole state or do you also distribute to the lower 48s or? Yeah, currently we distribute all the state, um, Fairbanks, Anchorage, Juneau, uh, all the way up to the North Slope actually. And people can order our wines in, who live in the lower 48 through our website, uh, but we don't distribute to liquor stores outside of Alaska. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we get our stuff out there. And part of it's part of the reason we haven't pursued, even even looked into getting bigger and distributing further afield is we want to make sure we preserve the quality of the wine. And to do that, uh, the fruit sourcing is a, in my opinion, the biggest factor in that. And so making sure that we have a robust network that we can source fruit from within the state and you know we have it we can get have enough to keep up with demand is um been a big focus of ours and the the, the reason i'm bringing that up is because we could easily source enough fruit from oregon or washington other berry growing states but we have not figured out how to make the same quality of wine out of those fruits and berries as the uh, fruits and berries we get from uh, around Alaska. The intensity of the flavor is just so much greater and the fruits, uh, you know, a lot more enjoyable to work with. And now speaking of using the fresh locally sourced fruit compared to bringing it up, how long does it take from beginning to end when you get your local berries in until that, that wine hits the shelf? Yeah, sure. Uh, it varies quite a bit. So the whole process could take anywhere from uh, some wines we could theoretically start fermenting and get and have be bottled within two months. And then on the outside, you know, six months, some of the longer, the ones that take longer to uh, ferment and, and get ready to go. Generally, our wines we're not on a time scale that is that ideal to be able to 
them done in two to six months. Um, and some of them actually benefit from having some time to age. And so uh, we'll keep them, we'll, we'll tank age them, we'll tank age them or bottle age them if we are short on space. Short answer is anywhere from two months to a year, basically. Okay. And now if people are interested in coming up and seeing this process, do you guys have like tours or open rooms or how, how does that work? Yeah, we, uh, our tasting rooms open all year round, except for uh, major holidays in the wintertime and uh, seven days a week. And we also have lodging that people can take advantage of if they would like to. Um, and then we do tours. The times and amount of tours vary depending on the season, but we do tours all year of our fermentation facility. Okay, and if people are interested in finding out more about that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you on that? Yeah, so um, all the information is on our website, of course. That's bearcreekwinery.com. Uh, if they're interested in looking at our uh, Glacier Bear label, they can look at glacierwinery.com, or they can call our office uh, 907-235-8484. And now the people we've talked to uh, for the program – such as brewmasters and different food purveyors, they've had very opinions on where their markets are going in the next five years being up here in Alaska. Where do you see the wine market going in the next five years up here? Oh man, that is a good question. You know, to be honest, uh, I really don't know, but I do know that just people are, we're interested in innovating and making new products and keeping things interesting. And we're also driven by what we can or cannot source at any given time. Uh, so, for example, some of the projects that we've got going this winter are based around uh, apple apple wines, since we, or I should say, you know, apple alcohol, since we had so many, uh, we had a big bumper crop this year. So we're looking at doing some ciders. Uh, we're also looking at doing some sparkling wines. We've had a lot of interest from people in uh, for sparkling wines. Um, so we're continuing to just experiment and, and try them out in the tasting room and see what people like and see what people don't like and continue to innovate. The apples that that's where I get excited. I'm, I'm a huge apple oh, yeah. cider person myself and apple wines with the winter season. Speaking of the winter, cause obviously Alaska is famous for its long cold winters. Does that does the seasonal changes up here have a big effect besides obviously the berries and the different fruits? But is does it make it harder in any step of the process of fermenting the wine? Uh, not particularly for us. I mean, we're obviously super busy in the summer with all the um, additional welcome traffic through the state. Uh, it's also harvest time, growing time. We grow some of our own fruits and berries as well as sourcing them from local people and so there's all that going on and then but our as far as our fermentation space goes it's all indoors enclosed and so we can maintain a relatively stable production uh, all year round without being interrupted too much by weather okay that makes sense I've, now do you guys do uh different events around the state or the community every year interact with you guys yeah, yeah. Just briefly, we do uh, host some events on our grounds. We have a garden uh, and uh, 
we used them to do a Garden of Lights event during the Christmas season. Uh, last two weekends before uh, Christmas itself, we we have a bunch of gar- a bunch of lights put up and displays, and uh, it's a, it's a free admission. We do hot chocolate and um, just you know have a good time with it. We have some local choir groups come and sing in our uh, on our stage, and then in the summertime we do a music event. Usually the beginning of June, uh, have a couple bands come, have some food. And uh, again, just you know, uh, enjoy the weather, enjoy enjoy the company, enjoy the music. Uh, outside of that, we do participate in a lot of the brew tasting, brewery tasting events, um, La Bodega event that happens every year. Uh, there's a there's a whole host of them that that go on around the state, and um, we we make it to quite a few of those. Excellent. So, and we'll try to keep uh, links up as different events come on. That way people, as they hear this episode at different points of the year, they can try to keep up with you guys. And Yeah. And if people want updated information on, you know, where they can find our wines, what we have for new releases, what we're working on for fun projects, um, they can follow us on Facebook and we're always keeping that updated with uh, where we're going to be and what we're working on all right we'll make sure that we we put that facebook link up on our show notes that way everybody can follow you guys is there anything else you'd like to just share with the listeners real quick about your guys's business or anything in particular you'd like them to know um well i do want to thank anybody listening and uh anybody who has uh, tried our wines um it's really fun to share our product with the community and have people in uh enjoying the the you know what what we pour our passion and and heart into uh so thanks for the patronage uh it's super fun seeing people in the tasting room and connecting with them that way and and letting them really see uh what we have going on so yeah i just wanted to uh we've had a lot of support over the years uh you know, through people coming in and and, uh, enjoying our product. And I want to thank everyone for that. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate sharing your story with us. Yeah, it's been great to be here. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 